Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Again? Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move. If you are dreaming about moving to a new city to pursue the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. Moving 18 times in 22 years to five of the top cities in America, I know it's not easy to make those decisions alone. So I help individuals develop the dream, the plan, and the move, even if we need to get scrappy to get you there. I'll be doing interviews, career and city spotlights, and sharing my crazy moving stories, tips, tricks, and scams to avoid. My Fred Framework will help you see just how attainable your dreams are. Now let's get moving. Well, hello, everybody. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. If you follow me on social, I didn't really post a ton about this. I do have a lot of friends, family, and coworkers that uh, have been checking in on me. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. But to fill everybody in, essentially a month and a half ago, I, well, it was two part injury, really. The first part, I was at a boot camp and I went to go do a squat to a snatch and I thought the kettlebell was 10 pounds and it was actually 25. So my whole body moved, but the kettlebell did not. And so I, I kind of hurt my back then and rolled it out and, you know, was trying to do the heat and the ice and all that stuff. The following week, however, I had to travel for work and going to a con- conference when you have a bad back is, is no fun. And I basically got worse and worse as the the days were going on. And I ended up leaving early. And that Wednesday night, I was supposed to stay till Friday. Wednesday night, I got home and all I wanted to do was take a bath. And for me, that's a big deal because I do not take baths. I'm I'm more of a shower person and I certainly don't shower a whole lot in my guest bathroom. And uh, when I went to go step out of the tub, it was further down than I anticipated. And I totally slipped and fell and just heard a pop, pop, pop. And by the next day, I couldn't walk. I spent 10 hours in the emergency room, met with an orthopedic surgeon the next day, and have since had a couple epidurals straight into my spine, which is no fun. And it's just been healing. I think I'm probably going to have to get a couple more epidurals to uh, get the nerve pain to stop shooting through my body at random times. And I'd like to get a little feeling back in my leg. But outside of that, I am much, much better. It was by far the most humbling experience, the most painful experience I've ever had. And so I am just grateful to be healing. And I promise I'm putting this out to the universe that I will never, ever, 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 ever take advantage or, gosh, I can't think of the word. I just will never, ever treat a healthy body the same way once I'm healthy. I, I will never, never take advantage of the fact that I, I have that. So. For those that had back pain that I was unsympathetic to ever, I apologize. But moving on, it's moving season. It's summer. If you're listening to this right now, I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. And about a month and a half ago, going into this whole thing, I mean, I, I missed the kickoff of National Moving Month. I do batch my podcasts. And what that means is I typically record several of them in one night 
if I'm doing interviews, typically not the the shorties like this one will be, but I do that because I still work my full-time job and I have no intention of leaving, but it makes it easier for me to line up several podcasts in a row. So I don't feel like I have to do a ton during the month and you can still enjoy the content. So yeah, I had batched quite a few interviews and in anticipation basically of, of national moving, moving month. And then it came and, you know, after the last one, the spotlight on Charlotte, I was in the throes of my ruptured discs. So I am only now recording this and I've had a couple messages from people. I've had a couple phone calls from people and I've got a few articles about regretting moves. And I thought it was a really important episode to talk through. I did get a couple articles from people, actually one in particular that I thought was really, really interesting. So I'm taking a little bit of the things that I know that have happened to me and some of the things that I've seen in the articles and the super secret, don't tell anybody, but I completely regret this move, uh, conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks. And I wanted to go through and do just kind of a top 10 list of the regrets that I typically see and why they regret them. And if you're in the throes of that, how you can kind of get over that or make the best of it anyway. There's no real getting over that, but you can be content where you are. And we're going to get into my top 10 list right after this. I have some exciting news for you. Did you know that my coaching doors are now open? Yes, friends. Once again, I'm doing one-on-one coaching. And it's not just about moving. While that is my specialty, giving you a roadmap to use when deciding to move or strategically aligning your goals to your dreams and moving you through the potential obstacles per se. But technically, I'm a life coach that deals with the whole human experience. A life coach is a type of wellness professional who helps people make progress in their lives in order to attain greater fulfillment and joy. Doesn't that just sound lovely? You know that pattern of habits you have that are even more annoying to you than they are to your friends and family? I'll help you verbally process those so you can get off that merry-go-round that doesn't feel so merry. Feel like you're constantly sliding down a metal slide on a hot day in shorts? I'll give you the tools to make better decisions. Jump on my website, marriottsonthemove.com, get on my Monday mailer, and I'll start giving you some of my tips and tricks. If you're ready to book a strategy session, just click on the coaching tab and we'll start moving forward together. Now back to the show. And we're back. So I'm going to preface this by saying, of course, every person's experience is unique. And what might be a regret for some, you know, might be the best decision ever for others. So the most important thing as we go through this top 10 list that I put together is to research. And by research, I mean, figure out how you feel about that and what you would do in that situation. And just have as much preparation as possible before moving just to minimize potential regrets. Now, I do have what I call the Fred freebie. And if you're not familiar with Fred, you can jump on my website, marriottsonthemove.com. Fred is an acronym. It's a framework that I have come up with in in the like last half of my moves of things that I would go through when I was figuring out if it was a good move or not for me. And FRED stands for finances, robustness, so think mental and physical strength, ecosystem, and dreams. Now, when I'm coaching, I start with somebody's dream. We get really, really like tight niche down on what that is. And then we reverse engineer their finances, their robustness, and their ecosystem into that dream. And that way, every move you make is getting closer to that dream 
That way, every move you make is really researched and really tailored to you and your experience and feelings and and wants and needs and all of that stuff. So that is how I help people minimize their potential regrets. And sometimes you don't realize that you're not tight in one of those areas. Finances, for instance, you could have a ton of money in the bank and be ready to go, but you might not have researched specifically to the you know the area that you are wanting to move to and might not understand kind of what that financial picture looks like because for where you are today you might have a lot of money in the bank but for where you want to move tomorrow that might not be enough so there's a method to my madness but i want to get into the top 10 things that i've seen that people have done that might bring a regret on down the road Now, typically you don't see those regrets come into play for about six months. And I call it the six month funk. And basically what that is, is a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of regret, a little bit of missing home. And one of the things that I recommend to anybody that's moving, even if you think you're never going to ever want to leave. So for instance, when I moved to San Diego, you know, everybody thinks like, how could you have moved from San Diego? But it was simple. It didn't have a lot of the things that I needed in the Fred framework. But I had purposely booked a trip back home for six months. And at the time, I didn't even know Fred existed. But looking back, I did this almost for every move where I would go back to wherever it was that I just moved from or go back home after six months, filled my tank on whether or not I wanted to move back there. And then from there, went back to wherever I was living. And I was like happily back in that space. So Number 10 would be kind of overlooking job opportunities. Now, depending on where you move, some people move to a new city without securing a job first. And depending on the financial position you're in, you can potentially do that. While this would work in cities like Chicago and New York City, oftentimes when you go to a city or state like, well, I guess a state like California, A lot of times everybody wants to move to San Diego. So sometimes the job market won't allow you to actually apply for a job until you're in that market. I mean, you can apply, that's probably the wrong word to say, but they won't take you seriously until you have a local address on your resume. Now, that being said, we are in a very remote location, but if a job requires you to be on site, that's pretty much what's going to happen. Now, ways around that is you can work with staffing firms, you can establish those potential connections that you have to get the job and they can, you know, work with employers to say, no, we are actually doing, they are moving here. Here's the date they've got going for the move, all that stuff. So that is one way to get around that. But I really think it's a source of regret as the job job markets can be unpredictable. And I just even heard on the news last night that some of the companies right now that have extended offers to new college grads or graduates coming out of school have rescinded them or pushed them back to next year. And I don't know about you, but if I was graduating in May, uh, which obviously we just had, or June, and I thought I was starting a job July 1st and it gets back pushed back to January of 2024, that might be alarming for me. There's ways around it, obviously. You can work at country clubs or whatever is around you, restaurants and things like that until you get there or just have a really, really fun, a fun summer. But that would be my number 10. So number nine would be to consider the weather and climate. (laughs) This is 
I know this is a weird one, especially because, you know, as of the recording right now, this is summer. But if you're moving to a city with even a slightly different climate, you don't realize, like, for instance, Chicago, it is called the Windy City, not necessarily because of the weather, but because of mafias way, way back in the day. But if you get into a Chicago winter and you show up with anything less than a long puffy jacket and it's one of those like below zero days where the wind's blowing through it is really really hard to to live there if you're not used to it or excited about it or have ever experienced that now if you're moving from like minnesota to chicago it's not that much different even anywhere in the midwest really but i think not considering the weather and the climate changes the other thing is not considering the like pollen and allergies That's a big one. I actually, when I moved to San Francisco, I didn't think of San Francisco as a very particularly forested area because you look at it from a city perspective, it's all actual buildings and stuff. But further away from the actual city itself, there's tons of forestry. And despite the rumors that you can have honey from a local area and that's going to cure your allergies, it actually doesn't work that way. It's the bees actually pollinate through flowers. And a lot of the pollen and allergens that people are allergic to come from the trees and they're not pollinating trees. So it doesn't necessarily work. I mean, psychosomatically it might, but in real life, you know, I've been told by every allergist that I've been to that it just doesn't, you know, you're, you're on some sort of Allegra D or Clarinex or, you know, whatever it is. But I think the big thing is considering the weather and really getting a good idea of what that is like by visiting in the heart of that time, which brings me to my next one. Now, if you've been listening or you visited my website or have downloaded the Fred freebie, neglecting to visit in person before you move is a huge, huge mistake. So I call this a city POC or a proof of concept. And what that means is you basically go to the city for longer than five days. Now, if you go for a weekend, everything's going to be magical. Everything's going to seem awesome. You're going to see the highlights of everything. But if you go for longer than five days, and I'm talking if you can go and live there for two weeks or a month, you know, even if it's just staying with somebody or getting an Airbnb, that is how you are going to really see a city differently than you would see it as a tourist. And I can tell you that nine times out of 10, if someone tells me about a regret and I ask them if they'd done this, it's almost always no. Now, there are some things that you can do by, you know, maybe getting on Facebook pages and asking questions, figuring out where in the city is a good place to stay or where you shouldn't stay, but really not considering being in that neighborhood is really tough. When you get there and you are in the wrong neighborhood, it is, oh my gosh, it is like heartbreaking because you probably just signed a lease or bought a house and that is not not great, right? It's not a good feeling. So I would say neglecting to do a city POC before you move is a number eight is, is really a big one. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when further down the list. But number seven, I would say is rushing the moving process. Now, when I coach people, it's literally 12, you know, six to 12 months prior to them moving. My coaching program is six months specifically because until you're getting into that countdown and mind you, that six month program doesn't necessarily have to mean that you have to move at the end of six months. It's that you're getting that transformation 
underway because nobody transforms in, in six sessions. It's, it's like six months. You're just starting to really get your courage up and you're really honing in on where you want to be and and why you want to be there. So I would say not rushing the moving process. I've done it. It is, (laughs) it is hard. For instance, when I moved from Bloomington, Illinois to Charlotte a couple of years ago, from the time I accepted my offer to the time I physically moved into my rental property was three weeks. And in that three weeks, I sold my house. I packed up all my stuff. I think I had a garage sale or at least donated a ton of stuff. But it was it was hard. I mean, it was really hard. I had no... I lost things. Things got damaged. And I used professional movers. It was just very quick because I could not do a ton of time shopping around like I would normally do. So I don't necessarily encourage you to do that. But I would say if you're rushing the moving process, you have to have some really tight checklists of what you need because it's really going to be hard when you get to the new place because you haven't even had time to say goodbye to the old place. Now I had time to say goodbye to Bloomington because I really didn't know anybody when I moved there, which is we moved into the pandemic, you know, just a few months after I moved in. So it kind of limited my ability to get to know people. But luckily I really loved my house and I, and I was, I had no problems like not leaving it for two years because it was awesome. I had a lot of fun there. So, so number seven is rushing the moving process. I think a lot of people regret doing that and not taking more time to properly say goodbye and have that closure in the old place. Now, number six is overlooking healthcare facilities. Now I work in healthcare in my full-time job. It's in technology, but I, I know personally I'm in remission for Crohn's. If you've listened to other podcast episodes, you know that it's really important to me to have a functional medicine doctor in the area that I am because I do a mix of holistic healing and Western healing. So like for instance, with my ruptured discs, I am very, very, very thankful that I had actual medicines, narcotics to like help with the pain and the nerve endings and the muscle spasms and all that. But I also did an entire regimen of holistic healing that included meditation and a lot of meditation. I was meditating like two or three times a day. If you don't know who Joe Dispenza is, look him up. He was a triathlete back in the eighties and got hit by a truck. And literally meditated his way out of a spinal surgery. Granted, he was a chiropractor, so he know how those things would work, but it is really fast. His story is just absolutely fascinating. But for me, another example from when I moved to Bloomington, I was moving for a job and it was a really good opportunity, especially because I was going to be making Chicago money and more of a rural area. So I, I took the risk, but going to my primary care physician for the first time, I told him what my you know medical needs were And I asked if there were any holistic gastroenterologists in the area. And after he stopped laughing, he said, you might want to keep your doctor up in Chicago for that. And I really didn't, you know, outside of working with a chiropractor, I didn't have anybody functionally that I found in my health plan in that area, which is crazy because it's where State Farm is based, country is based. I mean, a lot of these, well, granted, those are more car insurance and home insurance, but you know what I mean? Like I... It's a huge city and um, there's a college there. So I thought for sure it would have it, but I didn't do enough research. Luckily, I was only two hours away from Chicago and I did really love my doctor out at at University of Chicago. So I I did keep those appointments and and kept going up there but because it was only like two hours away. But that's a really big deal. If you move to a, a city that doesn't have what you need, it's really, really tough to 
have to fly back somewhere if it's too far away from where you are moving from. So I would say number six is really overlooking the healthcare facilities because especially if you're moving with a family, if somebody in your family has specific medical needs, the interviews that you need to do to the doctors that are there, you want to do those prior to leaving where you are. And really, it could make the difference between moving on one side of the city to another if you are looking at a bigger city. So let's take a break and get a word from our sponsors. I'm pretty obsessed with Savvy. I think I have almost every sports bra they make because, let's face it, they keep the girls high and tight just like their leggings. And I love them because I am always moving. And I don't mean relocating this time. I'm either working out, grabbing brunch, going on a date with Nick, going to work, or a work event. And even if I'm just lounging around the house, I can wear Savvy for all of them. I have four of their dusters and all of their dresses. To prove how great they are, they released a hot pink trucker hat. And guess what it says? Moving forward together. It's like it was made for us. You can check it out on my faves page at marriottsonthemove.com. Don't forget to drop me your email address. I may be giving one of those trucker hats away in a month or two, and you'll only find out when through my Monday mailer. Now, back to the show. All right. So... Number five is not considering your commute times. Now, we are largely a remote country right now. However, there are many, many, many people that can't work remote, whatever industry that you're in. And in these larger cities, if you don't consider a commute time, and this is another reason I I tell people to do a city POC, is different neighborhoods seemingly can be a short distance on a map, but it it can equate to a really long commute due to traffic. So for instance, I grew up in Chicago. And for me on the south side of Chicago, if I were to go into the city from Orland Park, Illinois, downtown around 3 p.m., it could take me two to three hours. And I know that sounds like an exaggeration, and I promise you it is not. And conversely, if you're going out of the city around three o'clock, it could also take two and a half, three hours, but it's like 15 miles from, you know, where you're actually starting to where you are going to be. So Choosing the wrong neighborhood and not considering that commute uh, is really hard if you don't have efficient public transportation. Now, luckily, and I love the train, Chicago has an amazing public transportation system, not only the buses, but they have the Amtrak that goes into the city from the suburbs. And then when you're in the city, they have the L, which is the elevated subway. So in New York City, they call it the subway. In Chicago, they call it the L. I made the mistake of when I moved to New York City, I kept calling the subway, the L. And by the time I left New York City and moved back to Chicago, I kept calling it the subway. And everyone's like, no, it's the L. Where are you from? Like, what are you talking about? The the subway. So that was a big deal. I was considering that commute, but I, I absolutely loved taking the train. I got work done and I meditated. I watched video. I got on social, all that stuff. So that brings me to number four, which is a big one, choosing the wrong neighborhood. Now, the last episode we had live, we had Dre Fox on, and she talked about how you know, she absolutely loves her house and she loves Charlotte, but the neighborhood that she moved into is a little bit different of a demographic that she would have chosen. It's a an older community, obviously mature trees and beautiful older homes and things like that. So that was one thing that she sacrificed. But in hindsight, she said she probably would have chosen a different neighborhood, but that's where she is now. And so she just drives to whatever. But that's a big deal. If you, when I work with somebody 
If you get really, really tight on what you need to have in your ecosystem, this is where this falls in the FRED framework, I can get you down to like a one mile radius of where you need to be to have the best, the absolute best work-life balance, but you can do that as well. So you make a list of all the things that you absolutely want to have in there. And in the the new Fred freebie, I think it's on page 12, you're looking at those different things. Does it have a nightlife? Is it quiet at night? Does it have a hospital? Does it not have a hospital? Mind you, when I was in New York City, I was a couple blocks from a hospital and didn't realize how far up the sirens can travel because I was on the 10th floor and we could hear it like it was right in our apartment. But choosing the wrong neighborhood is a really big deal. And if it doesn't suit your lifestyle, I mean, you're at work for eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week, but those other times you have all the other things that you want to do, like the um, nightlife and all that stuff. So it's really, really important to choose the right neighborhood for you at this time, even if it means moving a couple years from now to be a different neighborhood if you're starting a family or doing any of that stuff. But you can have vastly different vibes within the same city. I mean, Chicago, I think when we talked to Tommy, uh, one of the first episodes that I did, there's like 70 plus neighborhoods within Chicago and they all have something unique to it. Same thing with Charlotte. We've got Noda. We've got I live on the west side of the city, so there's really no name for our part of the city, but there's all kinds of different areas that are like little suburban areas within the city. So that's something that you want to really take a look at. Now, number three on my top 10 list of things that you really don't want to do so you don't regret your move is having that lack of social network. And moving to a new city can really be lonely, especially if you don't know anyone there. And not to say that you can't do it. I 100% have done this. I promise you, it's not the end-all be-all. But you really have to put in some effort into building that social network before you go. There are websites like Meetup. You know, I know a lot of people don't really, they either love or hate social media, especially Facebook. I don't know why. But they do have a lot of really great groups. So if you have a hobby, like one of my friend's, is a roller skater. She's an amazing roller skater. And I've actually posted some of her stuff and she lives right outside of Austin. But for her moving to a new city, she found a roller rink. She used to be an ice skater. Michelle, I'm going to just call her out. I'll tell her that I did this. But basically she has a whole network of people that do inline skating with her, like what's it called? Ice skating. And it's beautiful. It's amazing and super cool. But like you can find your niche. If you are wanting to get onto a Facebook group that was moving to the city that you're in, ask them like, Hey, I'm into like, you know, I don't know, knitting or slacklining or whatever, you know, is there a group that you can recommend building that social network? Even if it's like people that you don't know yet, but you can look at their profile and see if you would be friends with them and and kind of befriend them before you go is a really big deal. The other thing is local clubs and organizations. Now I, when back in the day when I was doing a ton of moving, I was a runner. And so, and mind you, I was a back of the pack runner. I was like a run walker, as I should probably say. But I met a lot of my friends through running groups. It was kind of a great way to see the city. They did different paths. So it was really, really a good way to do that. But getting that social network tightened up before you go, especially if you know only a handful of people is incredibly, incredibly important to do prior to moving to a new city. So you don't regret it. Now, number two is underestimating the cost. I mentioned it earlier. This is where the proof of concept really helps, but the cost of living varies so significantly from city to city. And if you don't 
really fully grasp the increased or sometimes even decreased costs associated with your new city. From housing to food to taxes, it is a big deal. I'll give you an example. When I moved to North Carolina, I went to go register my car and they handed me a bill for like $600. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm just registering my own car. And they're like, yes, but you have to pay a property tax on that car. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've never, I've moved 18 times in 22 years. I've never had to do that or 23 years now. But back then, I think it was a 16, 17 times. Anyway, point of my story was they put a property tax on cars and they do it up front. So you have to pay it. I just literally got another tax bill in the mail. And you know it's shocking when you get a bill for $600 to just register your car for one year, right? Mine even had significantly uplifted the value of my car, which is not true. It's like $15,000 less than what they said it was value. So now I have to actually go and fight that and try and get that right size so I don't have to pay as much tax on it because my car's not worth as much as they said it was like worth like $45,000 and it's worth like 30. So that's a big deal. When I moved to New York City, I had a grocery store in the basement of my building, which I thought was the coolest things. It was a Gristides. Shout out to the Gristides people. I did work with them when I was uh, working in the city at one point, not for the grocery store, but for their corporate. Anyway, point of my story is this was back in 2010, 11 that I was out there. It was $8 for a gallon of milk. Now, I don't do dairy now, but I was making lattes every single morning. So a gallon of milk would last me like a week and a half. And for $8 versus like the three or $4 that I was paying in San Francisco, it was shocking. I wasn't even getting full fat milk. I was getting skim milk. So I wasn't even paying for the full amount. But underestimating costs like that is really where we hone in to the finances research part in the Fred framework. So starting with your dreams, we kind of reverse engineer you into what you need to have and what to expect. And I think those unmet expectations can be a big part of the regret process. And if you know going into it, not to say that it's going to be $8 for a gallon of milk, but if you do a city POC and you go to the grocery stores and you go to coffee shops and go to all these places that you would normally go, you're going to start to see kind of how much it's going to cost for just a daily living amount to be there. And then you can prepare for it. It might take an extra six months of you staying where you are today, but wouldn't it feel so much better if when you got to this new city, not only if you lost your job the day you got there, would you be okay? But you would you would know going into it what to expect. And that little like, oh, I hope everything works out wouldn't be such a big deal. Now that brings me to my number one reason why people regret their moves. And of course, it is not researching that area thoroughly enough. So underestimating the cost is one thing, but people regret not investing enough time in researching the city before they move. And this could be everything from demographics to Obviously, like we were just talking about the cost of living, the crime rates, the quality of schools, the public transportation, local amenities, the healthcare system. I cannot stress enough how bad YOLO was for the moving, well, how good it was for the moving industry. I mean, obviously, we saw a really big uptick in moves in the pandemic, but really, if you guys could only spend just a little bit more time researching these areas, your, your finances, your the robustness, your mental health, your physical health. How are you feeling going into this? How like strength-wise could you physically pick up these boxes? Looking at the ecosystem that you're moving from and you're moving to. Doing research on this will help your dream accelerate in a way that you don't necessarily anticipate because you 
are not overlooking the excitement. You are really embracing it, but you're you're feeling the ways you can eliminate stress when you get there. And that really makes that life transition so much easier, so much better. And then knowing going into it what you're getting yourself into, it really kind of tamps down the brain's fight or flight or freeze. There's you know three of those, but your brain is a problem-solving device. And if you leave it up to your brain to wait until you get there to look at some of these things that you're, you're going to be doing in your life transition, it's going to make it so much harder. But if you go into it saying, why is this going to be successful? And then feeling all the things that you might not have researched yet and getting a good idea what those are, that's going to bring both excitement and an elevated sense of anticipation. The other side of it, you could pivot and say, you know what? I really thought I wanted to live in New York City, San Diego, Omaha, Nebraska. There's so many great cities out there. You might get to that city, do those proof of concepts and do all this research and say, you know what? Maybe I just need to move across town where I am because it's got all those things. It's not expensive. I know the people and it's not quite as stressful of a move. And then I'd be content. That's the end all be all. Like I want you to move to those places if you want to still move. If you get there and you no longer think that that's where you want to be, I love nothing more than to hear these stories of contentment because then it puts that closure on that dream that has been nagging you for so long and allows you to really embrace and live free in the city that you're in. So I am going to stop there. If you have a chance to get on my website, marriottsonthemove.com, join my Monday mailer. That's another thing I kind of let go throughout this whole process. And I do apologize. I'm going to get back in the saddle and get those out more consistently because again, for the last month and a half, it has just been brutal on all all areas of my life (laughs) due to this injury. But I'm healing every day. I appreciate all the prayers and well wishes. And I want you to have a great summer dreaming about all these things that you're going to do within the next year or two or even six months. But get on the Monday Mailer. I do tips and tricks there. Uh, You'll get, once you join the Monday Mailer, you'll get a free copy of the new Fred freebie that I just am putting out. It's, I think it's like 14 pages long or something, but it gets you started on what I would do if we were coaching and reverse engineering you into your dream. So that being said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following me on social. I would love to hear from you if you have any other ideas or things that I've missed or ideas that you want me to talk about on the show. By all means, I'm all ears. So thank you. Woo-hoo! Well, I could go on forever and ever about moving you closer to your dreams, but I probably should save some thoughts for the next episode. A big thanks goes out to you for making time for me today. In making time for me, you are making time for future you, and we are both grateful. Get on my Monday mailer by registering on my website at marriottsonthemove.com where you can find my blog, all my faves, which if you didn't know by buying yourself something real nice, you are actually supporting the show. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. Be sure to sign up for my mailing list where I put a few nuggets each week that you can't get on the podcast. Thank you to the team at Bear Value for editing genius. Thank you to my brother and my therapist who keep me balanced. And thank you to my assistant, Jacinta, whose Canva prowess makes me look like I know what I'm doing. And to Nick, my favorite boyfriend ever. Oh, my love. 
Until next time, keep moving forward towards your dreams. Bye for now. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Again? Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move.